And welcome to One and Done TV. I am the first of your co-hosts, Ian Hamilton, and the best of your co-hosts, Ian Hamilton. And I am not an Ian Hamilton, so therefore I can't be the best Ian Hamilton, but I am John Polking. And uh, today, I am so delighted to welcome our third co-host. That's whose phone went off just now. Or was no, that, that was not that mine. was the best co-host phone that was. <laughs> that was the best the best co-host is the one who uh, who yes. uh, didn't turn his phone on silent before he started recording. Uh, hey, you don't when you're the best, you don't have time for such trivial things. Wow, wow. As being prepared. Well, why don't you introduce yourself, true best co-host? <laughs> Hi, everybody. I'm Natalie O'Sullivan Hamilton, wife of best co-host Ian Hamilton and comedy partner. And uh, in general, I would say like life planner. Yeah. Also, I'd say that's fair. Yeah. Movie and TV watching buddy, because Mm -hmm. you see our house is special. We have dueling couches. Mm. (laughs) When I say house, I mean two bedroom apartment. But uh, we each have a couch that we can lie on and watch movies on. And I know what you're thinking. Have a TV in the bedroom. No. no. We refuse. That's uh, yeah, that's too much. So we watch TV. Uh, uh, we sleep in the living room. <laughs> yeah, we sleep in the living room a lot, but it's totally fine. Every night's like a sleepover. And actually... We used to just have one couch and a giant Snorlax pillow that friend of the podcast, Matt Cochran, gifted me for my 30th birthday last year. Uh, But Snorlax is like, it's like six feet tall and wide. It's just massive. He also sent like 30 pounds of polyester fiber fill to go with it. I received the innards of Snorlax first and then the skin which reeked of jet fuel when I got it. It's a real statement of a gift. <laughs> yeah, I had to stuff my own gift. Uh, mm. And it was basically a gigantic dog bed that I slept on a lot. That sounds like an insult from happy days. Go stuff your own gift, <laughs> Potsy. <laughs> Potsy? Are you going to Greece now? No. Wait a minute. You said what? Potsy, not Fonzie. Oh. No. No, okay, there's Fonzie, but there's also, no, there's Potsy and there's Ralph Melf. And then there's Archie, and then, yeah. Who's no. Chachi? The whole Riverdale gang's there, too. I swear Potsy is a character in Happy Days. Listen, I've of- never watched a single episode of Happy Days, but I have watched six episodes of Cooking with Paris, our show yes. today. Thank you, Nat. Can you, can, can you give another, uh, can you give another uh, voice rasp there? Yes. Thank you. Uh, before, um, before we get to that, though, uh, what have you two been watching on your competing couches recently? Uh, well, actually, we were watching competing shows, I think, because uh, not together, because I have been diving deep into season four and five of Better Call Saul Ooh. so that I could watch, be fresh on the new season. And I have watched most of the new season. And I just love Better Call Saul because... It has 
some of the most unique characters in drama that I can think of. Chuck McGill. Huh? Mm -hmm. Michael McKean. I've never seen a character like that before. Someone who is thinks he's a um he's a lawyer, but he is allergic to electricity, or at least he thinks he is. We don't know. It's a little up in the air. It's a little chicanery, that's for sure. Oh yeah. Ooh. And then we got Kim. Oh, Wexler. I love Kim. I Kim know. Wexler is so freaking good. Rhea Seahorn. God oh, yeah. touched my arm in a bathroom once. What? Yeah, she like touched my arm and like held it there because I said you were incredible in this amazing movie that this, she's in. Yeah, in we South saw by. Linoleum oh, at the South one by that Southwest. She's in with, uh, Jim Gaffigan. That's yes. right. And yeah. she wore this gorgeous. It was almost like an ice skating outfit. Honestly, the gown that it she was. wore was it purple and silver? Was no, it, it was bl- black and silver yes. with like bedazzled rhinestones and I said you were amazing in this film and you look gorgeous and she held onto my arm and said oh thank you dear and I in the in a bathroom wow (laughs) yeah making contact in a bathroom is uh but it wasn't a power move it was a sweet gesture of thanks yeah and I was like one blonde to another yes mama work yeah John what you do in a bathroom is not what people would call a sweet gesture of thanks (laughs) No, it's more so a, a toxic nuclear dump of a uh, event. It is uh, truly tragic. No, I hate talking to uh, people in bathrooms. I, it just it it really makes me unsteady. It throws me off my game. Oh, I completely understand. During COVID, I was like, how can I stand next to someone at a urinal ever again? Does it give you? Um... Like along came Polly vibes, like when Alec Baldwin is like peeing and then he like rubs Ben Stiller's earlobe <laughs> <laughs> while he's peeing. Well, I know that's what's going to be going through my head now. So John, thank you for that. I had forgotten. John about. doesn't talk to people in bathrooms because he's the one rubbing their earlobes. <laughs> Too busy rubbing. What can I say? I like a good human connection. It makes sense to me. John, uh, what are you watching? I well, I'm also watching Better Call Saul. Uh, I also just Ooh. finished. I talked earlier on uh, the podcast about uh, the beginning of season three of Atlanta. I finished season three of Atlanta the other week. My my goodness, they had. So I think of the ten episodes, four of them didn't feature any of the four main characters in the show. Whoa. Did Donald Glover at least like direct them or something? Yeah, he directed a few of them, I think. But the audacity and the brilliance of that show. It is not to mention that cast is probably very busy these days. Yeah. And yet they still had time to they were globetrotten. What they were in like Paris, Amsterdam, uh Berlin, I think. They were all over Europe this season. Oh my. And yet they still had Four complete standalone episodes that had no tie to anything. Love and it. Then, and then one episode that I thought was going to be no tie to anything, but then it it kind of came back around. But uh, I'm going to miss that show so bad. Is it, it ends, is season four the last one? It ends uh, at the end of 2022, I think, in a couple months. Yeah. So then, mm-hmm. right, because they're doing season three and season four this year. Yes. And right. Then and then they're all done. And then uh, we get to uh, Donald Glover, who shares your haircut, Ian. He, uh, he domed and, himself out. You mean 
your haircut, John, which nah, is the, the, I still got the, the Rob wisps. Cordry. I still got the wisps. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just like, shave it. Get it all. Get it all out of here. Ian's yeah. a cue ball, but John is a magic eight ball. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I've always considered myself something that could uh, tell fortunes, tell the future. <laughs> now, uh, you're like an 11 ball with the stripe. <laughs> uh, but, I'm talking about pool. Yeah, no, I, I got I got that, but where's the where's the stripe? There's the there's solids and there's stripes, John. Yeah, I got that, but what part of my head is the stripe? Uh, I don't know your ugly face, Natalie. Wow. What are you watching? Well, uh, sounds like Ian knows how to read John to filth because I've been watching a <laughs> hell of a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race lately. Um, I have not started the new season, but I've. I watched uh, seasons five through, and actually, I just started season eight. Actually, when I woke up this morning, season eight was playing on woke my phone. Woke up this morning, <laughs> started I, RuPaul's Drag Race. I guess I started season eight sometime in the night, uh, and it's so good, and it's just, it's so fun. Which queen is uh, resonating with you right now? Who are you feeling? My fav- my two favorites are Trixie Mattel and Katya. Mm. Absolutely. Um, and those are two queens who love to watch. They love to watch. Oh, my gosh. Their YouTube, still watching Netflix series, is hysterical. I love. Um, I just watched their Selling Sunset one. That's so mm. funny. They did Legally Blonde. Uh, my Best Friend's Wedding was really funny. I've never seen that movie. And um, there's, like, a thing lately. Like, we've been watching... Um, some like 90s movies, people's cell phones are massive Huge. and nobody knows how to use them. It's like, oh, right. it's always They're new always technology. Fumbling them. They're yeah. always fumbling because it's like you have to flip, you have to pull the thing, you have to, and the buttons are matte. Like it's It's crazy. huge. It's for, uh, to quote Steve Buscemi uh, in Spy Kids 2, The Island of Lost Dreams. Oh my God. Oh my God. Wait for it. They're for kids with meteor hands. As in meteor, like not an asteroid? You know, I just said it out loud, and I actually don't know if it's meteor or meteor. Oh, wow. Wow. I was kidding, but uh, now I'm not so sure. Somebody call Steve Buscemi. Actually, I met his brother. That's true. But for now, I think we know what time it is. I think it's showtime. Five, four, three, two, one, showtime! In 2021, Paris Hilton and her celebrity friends bake, fry, saute, and most importantly, slay, yes, boss babe, on Netflix. Cookie with Paris was our journey this week, uh, August of 2021, six episodes. What a uh, what a journey we we've gone on with these uh, with these six friends of Paris Hilton. Um, well, seven, because one episode is her mom and her sister. Oh, yeah. Sorry. She has seven friends. Oh, and there's a couple guests, like, after the sous chefs. So I yeah, guess it's, we've got... it's a lot of influencers and Whitney Cummings. Uh, they are actors and influencers. Actors one... slash influencers. They'd be up for a slashy they for would. those Zoolander <laughs> oh, fans out there. This ain't no slashy, folks. This is a real deal. <laughs> <laughs> Before you watched the show, what was both of your relationships to Paris Hilton? Like, how did you, do you follow her on social media? Do you engage with any of her other projects, her brands, anything like that? I have 
barely interacted with her since middle school. I interact with her. Uh, and please elaborate. <laughs> okay, so when Paris Hilton became famous or being famous, I fully was on board. Uh, I'm fairly certain, like, my mom was not on board with me being on board. So I was kind of like, oh, yeah, Paris Hilton. Like, she, it was very, like, she's not, she's not a good influence, but mm-hmm. I was into it. Um, and I totally watched uh, The Simple Life. I loved it. I loved Paris Hilton's My New BFF, which famously oh has my like gosh, yeah. both seasons have like one star on IMDb. They're <sighs> terrible, but I fully watched them. That was, that was like on like a network too. That was on like uh, it was WB MTV. Or, was it MTV? Okay. It was MTV. Yeah. Right. It was like 2008, 2009. Um, gosh. Uh, Did you watch then, her other one and done reality show, The World According to Paris? You know, that was in I did 2011. Not. I did no. not. Either. No, I did not watch that one. I haven't. I know that she has several books. I've not read those. Mm. Um, oh, you've barely engaged at all since middle school. <laughs> Sit down, anti-influencer. <laughs> I Sit would, but my chair has nails down. on it. Uh, my goodness. And while it was still in print, I was uh, a subscriber of Entertainment Weekly, so I knew what was going on with Paris Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> Rip Entertainment Weekly. Well, no, it's, it's, still, it's still going. It's still online, mm. Natalie. I mean, I like to, it's safer for me to sit in the bath and read a magazine than it is for me to take my phone. That's true. She is, a, she is a magazine subscriber. She's one I of those. I subscribe to like seven different magazines. Anyway. You are the savior of print media. And we all, <laughs> and all of us journalists, thank you so desperately for it. Saint Natalie. You're saving them all from being bought by Jeff Bezos. <laughs> You're welcome, Variety. <laughs> so I knew of Paris Hilton, obviously. Uh, I mean, she is arguably the first influencer, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I think that's a safe thing to say. Famous for being famous, pre-keeping up pr- with the a Kardashians. proto-influencer. Nice use of proto there. Thank you. And, but I had thought she had kind of disappeared from the limelight until this, and it popped up when I was, you know, scrolling through what was new on Netflix, but I didn't realize how in the limelight she has become in a light that is very far away from my eyes. Uh, I watched in preparation as part of the John, the sun is the same distance from all of us, Mm -hmm. except for minute differences. It's a little further from you, Ian. <laughs> it has forsaken me after all. <laughs> As part of research for this episode, I watched her YouTube documentary, This is Paris Hilton. <gasps> oh, my God. All hour and 45 minutes of it. So I watched Cooking with Paris and on top of that, watched This is Paris Hilton. And I learned a little from about her. Basically, the big sort of reveal of that documentary is her coming out as not using her real voice. Yep. And that was like the big takeaway was when that aired towards in like August, I think, of 2020. It was the first time that she didn't use this voice. She was using this voice. No, yes, it was like, Elizabeth it was, Holmes. I was thinking like it was like like a proto Elizabeth Holmes, if you will. <laughs> but one of the interesting things about that documentary was the way that she like would drift in and out of that voice. 
Mm-hmm. She sometimes would talk like this, and then in the middle of the sentence, she would go down like this. And it, there was nothing that prompted it. And so it always just felt like she kind of had a guard up, but never fully was herself. I don't know if Paris Hilton is ever truly herself. Yeah, I um, I n- did notice, and I even marked the minute, there's one part in Cooking with Paris where she accidentally doesn't use the voice because mm. she's using it every other sentence and then just drops it for one sentence. Yeah. And I, I was like, did they keep this in on purpose or was it just nobody really noticed except for me? No, um, I think she does it. I think she does it like on and off now because she talked about in this documentary that she plays a character. Like this mm-hmm. is this is the character. There's this difference between her brand and herself. And I just have this feeling having watched the documentary and watching this show that the line between them is constantly jumping. And she I think she she has a personality, but it is hard to you got to like hack at it with a machete a little bit to kind of get to it. I think that uh, on that point, in John Cleese's autobiography, he talked about working with Peter Sellers and how Peter Sellers rarely talked in his own voice. And it was like John Cleese would be like writing at his house and Peter Sellers would wake up, come downstairs and be like, and then like eventually settle down into his real personality. Mm -hmm. But he rarely lived there. Mm -hmm. And I think about that a lot because me and Natalie we're always, we're singing, we're using different voices, we're using like collective, uh, <laughs> silly voices that we've come up with. And even when we're saying very sincere things to one another, yeah. and I just wonder what that means about me and about us <laughs> and what that, that, that psychology about comedians and performers is fascinating to mm-hmm. me. It is, it just says that your home is theater camp. And it is a glorious one. <laughs> yeah, I got my whistle and my clipboard out <laughs> uh, and my visor. Um, yeah, like with her voice, too, I I understand that because for a really long time, I did not speak in my resonant voice. And it wasn't necessarily anything that I think I did consciously. I think I did it subconsciously where I was Mm. like hi hey you know like as a woman you just pop your voice up an octave and everything sounds just like so much better you know like especially if you're in the service industry if you're a performer if you're an actor you want to be well received and well liked and having a sweet little voice is just like the best way to do that and I think with her baby voice Uh, which is what I call it, Um, she knows that it's marketable. She knows that Mm -hmm. she's known for it. And for her to drop it might, you know, take all of what she's already built away. And so I think it's a little bit of a safeguard. And I think uh, a lot of women may be able to, I mean, that might resonate with them as well. Um, I also think it has something to do with, like, being comfortable because really I talk – in a lower tone. This is the lowest I've heard you talk in a while. But I think it is natural. (laughs) It is natural, you know. And I think it has something to do with, like, 
just being comfortable. And part of that's like getting older. You know, she's uh, getting older, everybody. She's yeah, 40. She, 40. Yeah. And yeah. she is genetically altering her. She's like manufacturing her twins. Yeah. yeah. That was <laughs> one of the more surprising revelations of this show is she kind of sets up how she wants to learn more about cooking. That's sort of the general motive, quote unquote motivation for the show is I, I want to start a family soon and therefore I want to learn how to make other things besides my, oh no, what are the three things? Her lasagna, her sliving jello nachos, shots. and the jello shots. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for the save there. And she, yeah, she talks a few times about She's got her eggs frozen. She's, uh, I think, well, she's married now. She yeah. wasn't, I think, at the time of the filming. To Carter. Carter, insert last name. I, it was a, <laughs> <laughs> It's It's like got, room. It's like R-E-U-M or something. Yeah, it's got some vowels in there. Uh, <laughs> and they're all smashed together. And good so, wordle word. It is a good wordle word. And... She invites all of her friends over to, she has, each of the episodes is its own sort of theme. And she tends to have a motivation for each friend to, uh, to be attached to that particular theme. Actually, she kind of drops that uh, after like the third episode. Because we've got, the first episode is Kim Kardashian and they're making breakfast. And... And the second episode, Sweetie, and they're making they're it's like a it's a Mexican night. And then third one is uh, Nikki Glaser, and it's a vegan thing. But then the other ones are just kind of random, right? It's uh, it's Demi Lovato in Italian, and I was like, is Demi Lovato Italian? Well, the Demi uh, Paris says to Demi, she was like, did you know that this was Italian night? She's like, nope. Oh right, that's right. Um, and then there's the holiday turkey, and With that's Lele Pons. Yeah. Uh, okay. Who... Do you know who Lele Pons is? I had no idea. I had to look her up. She's a yeah. Venezuelan YouTuber um, who apparently got a nose job. Yes. <laughs> right. Oh, and that's how the genetic modification yeah. thing comes up because she's like, "You can do that because th- I got a nose job, and I do not want my child having my nose. So if I can." <laughs> Take care of that in utero. I will. Yeah. And then and Paris then... Hilton's reaction to that, with most as with most things, is something close to. That's yeah. hot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Looks good. They did a good job. I do want to. I do want to, for lack of a better word, dissect uh, these meals and this uh, cooking yes, style. Please. I, so they're varied. They are, and I'm not much of a cook. Ian, you're not much of a cook. Oh, God, no. But I do do the dishes, and I scrape the pans with a large pan scraper. That's right. It's just a little square plastic thing, a large pan scraper. I swear to God, it'll change your life. And they come in a two-pack. Great. They come in a two-pack, yeah. I'm a cooker. No wonder it's lasted so long. We haven't even gotten a second one. Oh, no, we left it in Brooklyn. Oh, never mind. (laughs) Well, that's uh, but- one of well, that's one of our sponsors. And <laughs> before we continue, let's take a quick commercial break. And now a word from our sponsors. 
Hi, this is Ian, and I'm trying to do this commercial as quickly as possible. Please review and rate us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Hive Social at One and Done TV. Email us oneanddonepod at gmail.com with any suggestions or thoughts. If you haven't hit the skip forward 15 seconds button yet, I will be amazed. Okay, enjoy the show. So, Natalie, you are a cooker, and we are not. So, what did you make a of these meals? A food maker, a the question was potato to your wife. baker. So, Natalie, you are she a cooker. A potato baker. Jeez, let the woman. I let. I listen to women. Apparently, you don't. <laughs> Natalie, Natalie, you're a cooker. So, I am. what did what did you make of? Uh, let's start with the first one. So, Kim Kardashian's breakfast, uh, where. Let's see. This was uh, Frosted Flakes French Toast, frittata, and to me, maybe most disgustingly, blue marshmallows. Yeah. Um, you know what? I I love the effort and I love the creativity, but I would not eat any of those three things. Uh, no. Blue, <laughs> no blue marsh. What's wrong with blue marshmallows? You know well, blue the, marshmallows? Her, blue, her blue marshmallows, though. So when she put took them out, like they were flat. And she yeah. was trying to make shapes out of them, right. but there was literally no weight oh, to, or no, yes. no fluff to them. Yeah, they were. That's right. They were disgusting after they were. I was just thinking about when she was mixing it, and I was like, I want all that that melted marshmallow. There were a couple things throughout the show that when she started making, I was like, oh, that looks pretty good. And then when it finished up, I was like, something went wrong here. <laughs> Um, I was actually wondering, like, when I first started watching this show, I was like, is there a food stylist in the other room that's, like, flying in and out things that they're going to show on camera? And that was apparently not the case because they showed some really beefed up junk on this (laughs) show. (laughs) And I uh, I was actually happy to see that, though, because I feel like so much of what was made in these six episodes felt so authentic and like so close to real life. If you, cause she's like, I'm not a professional chef. And I'm like, yes, sis, you're not. <laughs> uh, but she also had a fundamental lack of understanding about what tools did as well. Yes. Yeah. One of her cooking tips in the first episode was um, cooking tip. These are tongs. Mm-hmm. Oh, when yeah. She... I, I wrote down cooking tip. This is a whisk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, other things that uh, uh, a zester. Um, she did not know how to zest anything. She didn't know what zest was, period. Um, That's true. Yes. But again, I was like, hey, what a great teaching moment. I'm sure so many people don't know that. Uh, just because we know it doesn't mean that other people should know it or do know it, especially if they're like, uh, not into cooking, but into Paris Hilton. Maybe it's bridging yeah. the gap between those two parties. Those two parties have been at odds for <laughs> a millennia. Hopefully this will bring them together. Finally, we can unite the clans. Yes. <laughs> uh, but Kim Kardashian was brought in, uh, you know, because she has four kids of her own and she's a self-proclaimed morning person. And, she was one of the ones that I thought seemed most comfortable, like actually putting the things together, which yeah. was nice to see. 
Although I got to say, she was like, I'm, I'm cooking for my four kids all the time. And I was like, I don't think you are. I don't think you are. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We believe women on this podcast, Ian. So <laughs> you know, it's always I, my goal to cancel my co host. You're always <laughs> trying to make me some sort of Woody Allen defender or something. No, you, well, you right. did defend Mar- Marilyn, Marilyn Manson, Manson, and we did. Okay. Yeah. I defended his performance as it was written wow. in Clone High. Doubling down. Credit oh to the writers. Doubling down. It was a funny bit. Okay. Gosh. Get <laughs> over it. I will say I thought it was really funny that Kim Kardashian was her first guest because when I was growing up, Paris Hilton's assistant was Kim Kardashian and nobody gave a darn. Wait, really? I didn't know that. Wow. Yes, John. Apparently I'm the super fan here. No. Yes. It- yes. So Kim Kardashian was Paris Hilton's assistant. And there's uh, lots of photographic evidence of this because you'll see Kim, like, well, you'll see Paris showing out basically on the red carpet. And then Kim is just like in the background, like, hi. See, I did see that in a couple of times of this documentary I saw, but I thought they were just like going out to a club and Kim Kardashian wasn't famous yet. So they were like, move. <laughs> yeah, I didn't no, realize she... I didn't realize the disrespect also came with the assistant title. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yeah, I feel like we didn't hear a whole hell of a lot about Paris Hilton because everyone was talking about Kim Kardashian for a while, and now mm-hmm. here they are. They've together met. at last. Together again. Both yeah. famous for the same reason. I know Being what you're thinking. Being Oh. <laughs> wow. Gosh, Ian just keeps digging his own grave. This, oh. t- this is the podcast where we dance on the graves of shows that uh, were canceled. It's I not mean, now women I have a problem with, John. It is hyper rich people I have a problem with. <laughs> I do get that. Because when you were talking, Natalie, about the relatability of it, I saw a complete disconnect between how she lives and reality oh. in general. Oh, certainly. That is completely unrelatable. We have a two-bedroom apartment, like Ian said. Um, But I think messing up recipes and cooking food over and over and over again is completely relatable to people who are just... Not knowing what a blender is? Very (laughs) relatable. That's something something any poor to middle-class person can relate to, is not knowing the difference between a blender and the... The, the mixer. Yeah. That's it. There were there were two blenders broken during the production <laughs> of this of this show. The first of which was in the second episode where uh Saweetie's uh uh Mexican night with uh shrimp tacos, roasted salsa, and a funfetti cake with flan. It was the funfetti cake that did the blender in because the salt, the top of the salt shaker fell mm-hmm. into the blender. And they're like, it sounds like something plastic is in there. That was in the salsa. Oh. It was in the salsa, yeah. They were making yeah. margaritas with that it, too. Was it. And yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it was it was jarring to see a, a blend. Was that? No, the second one was the time that it looked like the blender was on fire. Yeah. Which I didn't know was possible. Also, though, like, Saweetie's reaction to that of being like, Paris! Because <laughs> she couldn't even believe, she couldn't fathom that something like this could happen. And it was, was... so deep in the salsa, too. It, was, it wasn't, like, an obvious thing. It was, like, it was buried. In, it was uh... up in there. 
gosh. There was there was a lot of broken materials in this show, uh, including uh, in the third episode, the vegan episode, where they made vegan McDonald's French fries, which actually those did look pretty good. Yeah, those look like Oh, yeah. Them. I mean, they're the best French fry. Of course mm-hmm. they look good. And the idea that you can make them at home actually did excite me a little bit. That is that is nice. And but then it kind of fell apart with the burgers and shakes. Uh the burgers of which were pressed with a spatula that was covered tip to toe in bo- in uh in in bling. Mhm. Here's my beef. I'm just I have uh, a big beef vegan <laughs> episode. I have a beef with this spatula situation because they're calling it a spatula. You're calling it a spatula. And it is a spatula. But what what really grinds my gears is oftentimes in this show, it's not really that it's crystal encrusted. I don't care about that. Like, live your life. They are using a flipper spatula mm-hmm. to stir things, which is what a rubber spatula should be used for. And that drives me crazy. And also Ian does that. Live your life, Ian. Wait, with the there's flipper like spatula? the flipper spatula is like the metal spatula, right? And you like use it in like you like stir stuff with it sometimes. Oh, I don't think oh, that's Ian. true. I've seen you do I'm, it so I'm many times. I'm very aware of not scraping metal on metal, though. No, but I've literally seen you do it like a, quite a few times. Wow, I don't know. I uh, I, I thought I was doing better. I'll just let you work this out, <laughs> Demi Lovato. There was no transition there. <laughs> no, I, I have nothing but good things to say about Demi Lovato. But Demi Lovato's uh, was the Italian episode. They made uh, caprese salad, mm. uh, a unicorn cannoli, and they tried to make a heart-shaped ravioli, <laughs> which did not. I think, was that the only one that fully didn't work? I think yes. in the sixth episode? Yes. Yeah. Because... They added too much oil. I, okay, I've never made. I pasta. don't know. Those blue marshmallows fully didn't work either. Well, but at least there was like some substance, as opposed to like there was a finished product. Yeah. Whereas uh-huh. the heart-shaped uh, ravioli was completely scrapped and uh, replaced with the store-bought ravioli. So I've never made have pasta. A have you? Have you made? Yeah, that was the that was the big lesson. Always yeah. have a for Christmas last year in like COVID Christmas pre-vaccine. Us and our bubble oh, friends God. made handmade ravioli. Pa- yeah, it was really how good. Was, how was that experience? Like, did you like the enjoy the process of making it? Because pasta seems like one of those sort of insurmountable hills that I cannot go over. It's super easy. It's just like eggs and flour. Yeah, you just, it's literally just like double zero flour, super fine flour, and then eggs, and you make a well, just, and then you put it all together. And then if you actually have a crank, a cranker, a hand cranker, um, it makes it really, really easy, and it was it was so much fun. That was like such a nice Christmas. Yeah, it's a oh. nice thing to do together. Mm-hmm. You get mm-hmm. why Italians are so such tight knit families because they're whoa. Just constantly okay, now we're saying pasta. things about Italian. I'm kidding. <laughs> 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 You're saying really nice things. Speaking of the holidays, though, we had our fifth episode, which was uh, with Lele Pons, the holiday episode. Uh, which where they made a turkey, mac and cheese, and couture cookies. Mm-hmm. Couture cookies. Paris started this episode. I guess we forgot to say too that before all of the cooking happens, 
the each episode opens with her shopping for the ingredients in specialty markets. My favorite part. It was. It was. I. I enjoyed it. It. It, it was silly. Well, because they happy. would always show. They'd always make it this like really sexy or like nice dramatic, uh, cinematic shot. And mm-hmm. then they do a hard cut to what the reality of it is. So it'll be like a close up on her and the wind blowing in her hair. And she's like in a grocery store and just looking fantastic. And then they do a hard cut to behind her or in front of her, which is just like one camera guy and then somebody just waving. Uh, it's not a what What do you call that in film? Thunderboard? Yeah. Board. Not a light board. It's like a reflecting board. Yeah. Just to a make. Bounce. Yeah. Bounce board. Bounce board. Just to yep. make artificial wind against her hair. And it's just so low budget looking. As somebody that like loves grocery shopping, I love grocery shopping. When I watched all of these sequences, I was like, oh, my dream to look so fabulous while grocery shopping. Yeah. Mm. She... She wore each time a because it was filmed during COVID a very elaborate mask too. Mm-hmm. Well, not elaborate, just blinged, elegant, blinged out mask, elegant. Thank you, thank you. I think my favorite of the dream or the kind of hard cuts was the Italian episode where it's like her walking downstairs into Italy, and then she, I, it's hard to describe, but she just picks up a basket throws it on the ground, and then struggles to get the handle up so that she can tote the yeah. basket behind her. Yep. It made me It made me laugh. The holiday episode, though, she has a petrifying fear of, like, raw turkey. I've never made a turkey. I've been I, I, I relate to that. I mean, touching chicken is disgusting to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, would, I would do beef, but I don't know, man. Chicken is gross. I've made turkey now two years in a row for Thanksgiving for us, and it's very intimidating because it's a big bird. Uh, and the worst thing, do you remember like how I was having like a visceral reaction because I had to like cut the backbone? Yes. <laughs> I was going to say it was like cracking the, the ribs or something, but that was it. It was horrifying. <sighs> yeah. Um, did it have, like, in this show, there was a big neck that she took out of the back? And she was like, is this its penis? <laughs> I mean, it did look like a big, thick, slimy something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, I mean, did you have to deal with that at all? No, because I actually, when I cooked turkey, I just cooked the breasts. Mm. Uh, famously, not I the cooked, penis? No, not the penis. I abstained. Or the butt. You boil the penis. You don't bake the penis. Everybody <laughs> knows that. Yes. Broiled penis. Um, mm-hmm. No, I just, I famously cooked three chi- uh, turkey breasts last year on accident. So That's I- right. Um, oh, I wanted to talk about, too, that they always dress, except for Kim Kardashian a little bit, they always dressed fabulously while yeah. they cook with oh no apron, gosh. which is, in, I-, I couldn't believe that because she's wearing very expensive, very elegant outfits, or like really over-the-top party outfits, like that Haute very couture. sparkly silver one mm-hmm. uh, with with no shoulders. like And lots of feathers, too. 
Lots yeah. of feathers. Lots of feathers. Lots of like with the cowboy fringe on sleeves, mm. you know, like. A little Surrey with the fringe on top, yeah. Yeah, uh, exactly. Oklahoma, where the wind comes sweeping across the plains. Um, and also like she has these huge extensions in one episode. And I was like, those are going to get in the mix. It's going to get caught in the blender or something. It was it was a little, I, I don't know. I like didn't like watching that because I was like, you're going to mess it up. Did it give you the ick? It gave me the ick. Yeah. I I kept just like waiting for like things to fall because, well, they kept showing too. One of the more confounding parts of the fashion choices was the gloves that also had like lace hanging underneath them. Yeah. Like that was the part that got me. Like I could kind of get with the feathers because they were a little bit higher on the arms or like sometimes she was wearing heels. Again, as you said, Natalie, live your best life. But to add such dangly accessories to the things that you're actually working the food with. I had no idea what the reasoning was behind that. Well, she, she knows like what clothes. she's doing. She knows what she's doing. She knows it's ridiculous to wear all this while she's cooking. She had a mm-hmm. costume change when she was she making did the have fries. A costume change. That's yes. right. Mm-hmm. Even she, she also knew. took a perfume break uh, in one of the episodes. And respect to her, she was like, "Don't dump the fries in too quick because we'll get grease splashed in our face." <laughs> so good. Also. But yeah, like when her mom and when her mom Kathy Hilton and her sister Nikki Hilton. This came is by. the last episode with the steak family night. steak night. Steak night. Where they wash the steaks. Yeah, I've never done that. Well, it said underneath it was like, don't wash don't your wash steaks. Don't wash steaks. <laughs> yeah. But they were all dressed to the nines as well. And it it they all like looked how they should look. That's kind of like the vibe that I got. Actually, the family steak night was the first episode I ever watched of this show. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, when they came in dressed how they were dressed, I was like, yeah, that checks out. You know, nothing out of the ordinary here. And it wasn't until I watched all the other episodes that I was like, wow, every single one, huh? But it would be weird <laughs> to see Paris Hilton not, you know, in a juicy track suit and yeah. or, you know, something haute couture. She did say in the documentary that she doesn't think she's ever or at least in like recent years has not worn the same outfit twice oh my god because that's her whenever she posts a picture with it it's like done because <laughs> that is her that's her brand oh she the ex- is the constantly wearing new wealth clothes. though you know like every yes. day to have clothes that are that expensive is oof. dude she gets a million dollars for every dj set she does which she gets a lot of DJ sets. Right, on top of being an heiress. so it's... And on top of, well, on top of she has 18 brands. Right. That she, you know, if she doesn't run them, she at least, you know, gets the gets that sweet, sweet cash from them. I mean, mm-hmm. she is raking it in all her, over the place. Her dog's names are like Dollar, which is actually Richie Rich's dog's name, I'm just saying. <laughs> Not original. Um, and she has several dogs, um, but I know that Dollar is one of them. Slivington, Baby Love, Baby Bear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. I mean, I know this, is, this isn't fair, but anytime I saw one of those dogs, I thought of the South Park episode where. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If you know what we're talking about, you know what we're talking about. 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna keep going with that. Well, on that light note, why don't we take a quick commercial break and then we'll get to the Dunzo Awards. And now a word from our sponsors. Welcome to the Dunzo Awards. These are the superlatives that we give out to every show that we watch. It could be the best, it could be the worst, it could be the most, it could be the weirdest. Whatever it is, we have decided to award elements of Cooking with Paris some of our prestigious Dunzo Awards. Who would like to go first? Uh, I'd say say let our guests go first. Uh, Natalie, would you like to give out the first Dunzo of the evening, morning, or afternoon, depending on when people listen to this. I would be so honored. My first Dunzo is Best Grocery Store Montages. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, as a fan of Supermarket Sweep, honestly, uh. <laughs> this this really hit a spot for me that I didn't know I wanted to see. John loves Supermarket Sweep. (laughs) I did not know that. You didn't know that? Yes. I. It is truly my favorite game show. John, what if, would you be cool, like, if we ever went on Supermarket Sweep, could we be a team? It would be my honor (laughs) and a privilege. (laughs) Is Leslie Jones still doing it? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. All right. You two should have got two seasons down. Oh, boy. Um, oh my gosh! But yeah, my, heart, I, my heart's going bitter patter. I can't. Uh, I he's can't flushed, ladies and gentlemen. He's blushing. He he's blushed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just love it. I just thought. I thought honestly, like the shots were cool and clever, and she just looked great. And um, who doesn't want to see like a, a Galliano gown? you know, strolling through a Ralph's grocery store in LA. Like, I just, I just really, I just really loved it. For me, the montages were definitely the most relatable part of the, of the show when she would go through. Like, I think the one part that stood out to me was, I think it was the Italian episode where she's going through Italy and she sees a thing of prosciutto mm-hmm. and she's like, what is that? And she, they were like, oh, it's, it's a full thing of prosciutto. And she was like, I used to like prosciutto, and now I don't think I can eat it anymore. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I get that, Paris. I get that. Um, fun fact, Natalie used to do the art installments at Italy in New York. Yeah. Oh. I used to build the art installations, and I would install them overnight from, like, 10 p.m. to 6 to 8 a.m., uh, at Italy before they opened, and then I would just build the rest of them for the country, and then ship them out of New Jersey, and they would fly to different destinations, so to be installed there. So it's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> My goodness. Did you have a favorite uh, supermarket, the grocery store montage of the six? I really liked. I liked the meat market one, and then I also really liked the cereal one. I thought the cereal mm. one was fun, and she also was like, "Cereal is my favorite food. Like Lucky Charms is my favorite." She was really staring down the Lucky Charms leprechaun. Yeah, I thought that was just like really clever. I just I enjoyed it. Ian, do you want to give out your first Dunzo? My first Dunzo goes to favorite guest, and that is Saweetie, who gave us. <laughs> Such 
fantastic quotes as Paris is like, hey, uh, is that burned? And she goes, don't get it twisted. It's not burning. It's just well done. I feel like for the most part in this show, they just kind of talked about what they were doing. Like it was not full of great conversation, but Sweetie just had, uh, I don't know. I liked her personality and I thought she just set herself apart from the other guests in the way that she interacted with Paris. Yeah, she was she was really relatable. She was cool about she was like, you know, it was really hard living in L.A. I had like rented rooms. Oh, and yeah. Then I was discovered by Warner Brothers. Uh, funny enough, I also wrote down a sweetie quote, which I thought was great. And I'll probably try to get this embroidered on something somehow. But it was mm, necktie. Yeah, probably a necktie for me. Uh, ask out for Ian. Uh, this is how the baddest bitches cook in the kitchen. <laughs> Yeah, that's great necktie wear right there. <laughs> I can see that. Oh, God, it's... my necktie's on fire. I should not be wearing a necktie while Don't cooking. get it twisted. <laughs> it's just well done. <laughs> John, what's your first Dunzo? My first Dunzo goes to the most used copyrighted phrase. And, of course, that will go to Sliving. Wow. Sliving, for those who don't know, is a combination of slaying and living your best life. Paris says it, on average, about 16 times an episode. And she has a dog named Slivington. And you can go into her spice rack to get her Sliving Spices. (laughs) She also has multiple uh, water bottles, uh, I think a mug. Uh, She reveals that it is one of her two uh, trademark catchphrases, as well as, that's hot. And then she had plenty of mugs with all of her other catchphrases on them. Boss babe. Natalie, what is Dunzo number two? Oh, back to me. I thought we were going to go Catan style. (laughs) No, no, no. That's a a snake fantasy draft you're talking about. No, no, no. (laughs) Got it. My second Dunzo Award goes to Most Unrelatable Set Decoration. Wow, yes. There's yes, yes, yes. the family steak dinner episode where she's getting a chandelier installed. Oh. Um, you see so much of her closet. You see Slivington Manor, which is her dog's house because <laughs> her dogs have their own house. Um, you see, you know, she has two dishwashers. That's incredible. Uh, would be nice (laughs) if we had that. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, I just, it's a fantasy, you know, it was, it was enjoyable to watch for me because I'm like, wow, must be nice, but I'm not watching it with, um, an anger in my heart of like, wow, must be nice (laughs) because I know what she's all about. It's that money, girl. I do think that is her real house and a real kitchen, though. But she did, yeah, yeah, she did in each episode bring in her event planning company uh, to make up the dining room for the final eating, the feast, final feast. I thought it was so cool that she like showed them setting everything up. And I love that the event planning company is called Wife of the Party. (laughs) I thought that was so cool. You know, because she's like, she's like, obviously, I'm not doing this by myself. So she has people to do that for her. And I think that's great. She does. She did say that she wants all of her projects to be both serious and silly. 
I read that in an interview. Mm. I mean, also she has those like gigantic photos of herself. These are like eight foot by 10 foot portraits of her flown in from the Netherlands. You don't have that? Uh, Only of you, John, actually. Only of you. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah, you commissioned them and sent it to us. (laughs) I did. Matt does the Snorlax uh, pillows. I do giant canvases of my face and my Rob Corddry hair. Um, I got to say, though, it's unrealistically muscular. (laughs) (laughs) No man could be that muscular. No human being. I'm not. You're right. I'm not that muscular, but I am that veiny. (laughs) My nurse nurse wife has said multiple times that I have great veins. And I will take that to the bank. That's awesome. That's such a compliment. Uh, that's her true will, life partner that will draw your blood anytime, honey. She's wanted to. Yes. By vampiric mistress of mine, she has wanted to get my blood out of my body ever since she's been at school. But no, Elise. <laughs> my blood is my blood. I would let Elise draw my blood. Let me have this one. Let me have this one. <laughs> At least you can draw my blood anytime. You just need to use a butterfly needle because I have small veins. At least I suggest just um, getting some leeches and throwing (laughs) them on him in the middle of the night and then extracting his blood from the leeches later. Ian, this is a family podcast. (laughs) Oh, it's not a 1776 bloodletting (laughs) podcast because that used to be the cure to disease. You never take my ideas seriously, and it has driven me crazy. <laughs> I've wanted this since day one, and we just, I just keep compromising, and we're just talking about TV shows now. Ian, what's your second Dunzo? My second Dunzo is Best Opinion, which is that she thinks the best French fry is the McDonald's French fry, which me and Natalie argue about constantly. And have argued about uh, on our podcast, on our YouTube talk show, 100% Sweatpants, where, because she insists that Wendy's fries are the best, and I think Wendy's fries are garbage. Ian, you have uh, started uh, a war here, and I don't, Natalie, care for a rebuttal? Not at this time. Paris Hilton is on my side. (laughs) What do you have? You know what? I like Wendy's. So, wow. I like Wendy's too, but their fries are not that good. Oh my gosh. Disagree. Fully disagree. Sounds like Ian is Paris Hilton's new BFF. John, what is your second Dunzo? My second Dunzo, and I hope that this starts a conversation because I'm curious if you had a similar feeling too. My second Dunzo goes to closest I've come to gagging. (laughs) And that would be Seeing the ricotta being squirted through cannolis that was runny and mushy. Yeah. It made me icky. Mm -hmm. It made me feel very icky. Uh, I did not like, especially I think the camera angle where you, because it was shot as they were trying to fill the cannolis. It was shot from the point of view of the exit. So it just looked like it was, it was a 3D effect. It was like a squirted out at you. Basically, what happened is Paris forgot to let the ricotta filling set in the refrigerator. It also seemed like she didn't get it right. And it just, it souped out. I don't really, it looked like a chowder. 
going through a cannoli. Shout out. There was a lot of um, squirting in this show, squirting of things, and then like leaking of things. And there's mm-hmm. also like in the family steak dinner episode, Nikki Hilton is like trying to like squeeze a bag of sour cream, but they had cut the top open, so it was coming out of the top and bottom. No. And I was like, this I did, is yeah, this is vaguely reminiscent of the cannoli situation. I here. blocked that out, honestly. I, I I'd forgotten about the sour cream leaking <laughs> out of the bags. I turned away. Oh yeah. Yeah, when Demi Lovato ate the cannoli, they said, what was it? There's a lot going on here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And she was like, I think I just like inhaled dust, like the the glitter. Oh, and the Paris like literally blew glitter dust off of the cannoli and it just like poofed. Mm-hmm. It poofed up. Yeah. I don't know. Was there a time where, because I think some, I would say the food, the final products tended to look grosser than they did tend to look good. Like, I'd say the good to gross ratio was mm-hmm. was off. Yeah, yeah. I would say, like, when she glittered the turkey, I was like, sis, no. And then I'm sure she wanted to glitter the steaks, but I bet her mom was like, "I don't you dare put glitter what, was on it my Was it edible food. glitter? It was gold. gold That's flake. right. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> the gold that but doesn't all that have glitters taste. is not gold. I love that she, Kathy Hilton, eats it and then is like, is this... Is this bad for me? <laughs> yes, that was funny. They, I think when uh, when Paris got the gold from the store too, the Paris said, "Is this go? Is this bad for us?" And they were like, "It's fancy." <laughs> and they did not say a definitive answer. Really I, uh, I've eaten gold before. Have you? I have. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's it a, doesn't have a taste. No, right. it's just this weird little. This it's just a weird feeling for a second, mm-hmm. like in your mouth. Yeah, and then it just dissolves. I wanted to like put it on the roof of my mouth. It's like a Listerine. Gosh, what happened to those Listerines? Uh, Shout out to Justin Link because he always had the hookup on those Listerine strips. I don't know. Justinlink.com. I don't know if he still does, but he always had them. So I want to play a game that I'm throwing on both of you. (gasps) Oh, so it's called the Court of Paris Opinion. Now. I'm playing the prosecutor, and Natalie is playing the defender. And we both have written statements that we have oh. that we have prepared. And John, you are going to be the judge that much like the Supreme Court, you're going to pick apart what we say and make a, I don't know, what do you call it? Judgment that? call? Judgment. <laughs> you're gonna ju- There's a word for it, though. You're you're not doing a great job at making your case, and your case has not even begun. Are you saying this is the second game in the second podcast in a row that I have only cobbled together with duct tape? It, the cracks have shown, and you know what? <laughs> I'm still here. You've got me. <laughs> and the, You've got me wrapped. But the listeners have turned I, it off. I've got a number behind my back. Uh, one or two, Natalie. What is it? Two. It is two. Oh. Uh, Natalie, would you like to go first or second? Second, please. Okay, Ian. Okay. Go first. Yeah, because I, I think this is necessary because mine is short but biting. Okay, and I guess before I hear these statements, what is the argument that we are trying to make? Here? Oh, we're just we're basically just talking about the show. 
Because you you wrote, you made a statement about what you think about the show, right, Natalie? Uh, Yeah. And I made a statement, unbeknownst to her, that is counter to her statement uh, about my opinion of the show. Well, I'd say that this is uh, rigged in some way because it seems like... You had access to hers that she did not have access to you. No, actually, uh, I never I'm read I'm going to declare a mistrial. Ding, 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 I, ding. Okay, your honor, wait. I, <laughs> I never read hers. I just know that hers is longer and probably passionate, and I know she loves the show. So That's a heck of a scroll there, Nat. I just <laughs> wanted to distill my thoughts in, in, quickly for you. Okay. All right. Your he honor. Is, uh, he is, wait, He. I just want to paint a picture here. He is... Uh, Presumably comforting uh, Natalie. Ian is with a hand on the back. Natalie's arms are crossed. Legs are crossed. Not having any of it. Very defensive I, position. <laughs> it is a very defensive position. I. She is now crouching. <laughs> okay. Scene is set. Go ahead. Okay. So here's what I thought of the, about this show. It was a vapid, superficial waste of time that has nothing to offer. There was not a single interesting conversation, revelation, or insight in the entire six episodes. It's self-indulgent in a way that is only equal to people that think having half-baked conversations with their friends and recording it into an iPhone is a podcast. This lack of substance and banking on star power is exactly what's wrong with the state of media and Hollywood today. Is this a little Sorkin-esque for you? I hate this show. I hated this worse than Bob Patterson because this wasn't just bad. This was nothing. At least Bob Patterson showed some effort. We'll just, this show was like, oh, we'll just film whatever and call it a TV show because she's Paris Hilton and we have cameras. I could not I imagine, okay, so our friend Robbie doesn't like sports. You're kind of going away from the script now. I know, I am. Our friend Robbie doesn't like sports. He doesn't think about sports, but he'll he'll sit around watching them with us. And when he looks at sports, he just sees nothing. He doesn't know what's going on. He can't comprehend any of it. And this show is very much like that to me. It was just, it wasn't even washing over me it was just happening and I just like there was some candy colors that I don't know were just like kind of distracting to me and they just had short three word sentence uh, three word responses or explanations for anything they didn't explain anything everything was just like oh we're cutting this or oh you got they had recipes on the screen yeah, sir. that's the producers, which didn't do a great job, by the way, because there are barely any memorable moments in this show. There is, like, no real segmenting. They're just, it's just like, okay, they're cooking, they're bad at it, Paris is mumbling to herself. They're, they don't even get, they don't even talk deep. Like, the most Paris reveals about herself is this thing about kids, and that's, like, two sentences, Okay. And I will say that I never liked a minute of this show, but I did like stretches of 10 to tens of seconds. Counselor, you can sit down. Should I 
put my pants back on. Buckle away, my friend. Buckle away. Natalie, the floor is yours. Thank you, Your Honor. Cooking with Paris, a statement from a fellow blonde by Natalie O'Sullivan Hamilton, Esquire. Let's face it, cooking is hard. Anything that involves whipping, scrambling, roasting, boiling, and oftentimes an open flame under any other circumstance would sound like torture. Add some little teeny tiny fingerless lace gloves, a crystal encrusted spatula, baby voice, chihuahuas with a better hair care routine than me, and a couture wardrobe, and girl, that's hot. There is something about the Barbie core aesthetic that Paris Hilton consistently serves up that is nostalgically refreshing. You gotta hand it to her. She is consistent. Every one of her reality shows is glittered with the things universal to her character. Pink, fluffy, yummy, sugary, kawaii, glitz, gloss, and money, honey. I think that's a com- that I think that's a comfort when watching Cooking with Paris. I know what's on the menu, what I'm ordering, and I'm used to the taste. It's good. Is it good for you? Well, jury's out, but who cares? Let your brain have a little fluff as a treat. If I was trying to seriously learn how to cook something, I would watch America's Test Kitchen, which is the anti-one-and-done. Lots of seasons, but it's a great show. Also, they're unionizing. It is her time. Their workers are unionizing, John, for 30 years. Sit down, sir. Sit down. Sit Should down. I put my pants back Sit on? down. You monster. When I watch Cooking with Paris, it's entertaining and bizarre, like a nature film on cephalopods. We know them, but we don't understand them. I'm certainly not going out to buy top shelf truffles and gold flakes, so I'm loving watching someone else do it. Set that all to a fun soundtrack, and I'm holding my plate out for another helping. It all feels authentic to her character. In every episode, Paris and her guests flub the recipe. That's part of the fun of cooking. She's not embarrassed. This isn't the end of the world. The recipe isn't always ruined. And there is no saving face because there's no face needing to be saved. It's totally NBD, OMG. To be fair, in a fancy kitchen like hers, I'm sure I wouldn't know which appliance was a dishwasher either. My stove doesn't even have a clock on it, so I like drifting into this show of utter opulence and culinary fun and nonsense to let my mind wander. In short, cooking with Paris is not groundbreaking, but you might learn a new recipe or two and what not to do while attempting to make it. It's fun for some, but this taste may not be for everyone, like cilantro, and that's fine. The takeaway, leftovers from this show is to keep sliving, and I think everyone could use another serving of that from time to time. Eloquently said. So you don't think it was a vapid waste of time? (laughs) I agree with elements of both of what you said. And so therefore, as with most uh, cases, it is a hung jury. Hit it, William Hung. Mock trial with J. Ryan Holt. Mock trial with J. Ryan Holt. I said Ryan Horn. I'm so sorry. Yeah, you did. (laughs) (laughs) It's what uh, Paris Hilton has trademarked as a rhino horn. It's a rhino horn. Yeah, John. What do you what do you think about the show? What 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 did you cherry pick from from our opinions? I would say that it is a vapid waste of time for pretty much anyone in the world. 
<laughs> I do have an affinity for cooking shows. I have gotten this affinity for over the past like five years, I would say. Past five years, I've been all about cooking shows when I was completely against cooking shows. This is one of the worst cooking shows I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) That being said, it's still a cooking show and a short one at that. If this was any longer than 25 minutes max, I would have broken. I agree. (laughs) I agree with that. As it was, there was enough for me to pull that I had a perfectly okay time. And so that's where I land. I there were there were nuggets that were surpri- that was surrounded by purgatory. <laughs> right, it was like purgatory. It was just kind of like I'm here, this is happening. Um I I mean I get I think I hate the show for the exact reasons that people like the show. And I understand why people would like the show too. And it's like there were little moments. To its credit, I think it has a very distinct point of view and it sticks to it and it does it well. It, you know, which not every show can say. Not every show knows itself as well as this show does. And I described it as uh, Easy Bake Oven meets Barbie, Mm. um, which... I don't know that that's just what the the show felt like to me. And there there was like one or two things where the the advice she gave about like just when you're making something, make it for yourself, make it your own and then it won't feel like a hassle. As someone mm-hmm. that doesn't cook, that did resonate with me because I am intimidated by cooking overall. As someone who does cook, that resonated with me because a lot of times I'm like, well, I know how much smoked paprika I want in this because I love that flavor. And Mm -hmm. I oftentimes when I cook, I don't always use a recipe or if I use a recipe, I'm like, I'm going to like zhuzh this a little bit to kind of like curate it to what I know Ian, my taste and Ian's tastes are. And uh, so, yeah, I thought she was like spot on with that um, little nugget of wisdom. And me, I know that I want designer brands that are sort of stuck inside of the food I want. And so that was a part of the show that really resonated with me, (laughs) was to see a Chanel logo on presumably, was that Gucci? Gucci. Oh, yeah, it was Gucci. You're right. Thank you. Sorry. The, the, who had the Chanel logo? There was something. Oh, was the Chanel, Chanel logo. Glass. The Chanel logo was in was, the turkey and the um, the steak. This it had like yes. little toothpick things. But I was thinking of the mac and cheese that that was the Gucci label. Right. Uh the truffle butter. Oh truffle. yes, that she gave her mom. There were multiple yeah. foods in this show <laughs> that had labels on them, whether they were on little plastic discs that were placed on top of the thing or. If they were on, uh, like a like a cheese skewer. Don't try to uh, defend yourself, John. You're a sinking ship, and everyone better get off. Oh my God, who's getting off to John sinking in a ship? (laughs) This is a family show. I don't know. I've got fans. (laughs) I think this is a time for us to take a quick commercial break before we talk about why the show was canceled. And now, a word from our sponsors. 
Cooking with Paris premiered August of 2021 and was canceled in January of 2022. Netflix did not give really any reason why they canceled it. So my understanding is that Cooking with Paris was very briefly in Netflix's top 10, probably like its first day or two that it was released, that it just kind of fell off. My guess is that, so I think it's, it. we could leave some room for speculation. I think that this was probably too expensive of a show for them to justify keep going. Which is crazy because there's only like two locations and her house and one out and about shot so the expensive From stuff what I was get, yeah the set i think she, i think the and her mm. i think she's expensive i think her time is precious and i think that the netflix people were probably like we can get some more bang for our buck on the floor is lava season two and <laughs> because those contestants really... don't get paid they just fall in lava <laughs> they do you just have to give them a towel and they're they're good. You can have all the lava you want. But you can only have one chandelier. <laughs> I mean, think about there was, oh my gosh, what was it? Oh, the caviar oh, yeah. that was on this show. She bought a tin that was like $3,000, I think. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Which I know is pretty standard for caviar, but or like the top tier sort of caviar which makes zero sense to me but it's not supposed to i am a plebe and proudly so i think that they probably approached paris and were like hey ratings are okay we might need to cut back a budget but we'd love to bring you back and she was probably like no and then she walked away that would be my guess that's like the paris held an equivalent of creative differences yeah yeah and like didn't need it anymore Mm mm-hmm She's got other things going on. It, her YouTube channel is wild, like how popular that thing oh, is. Oh, yeah, fully. Also, I was like wondering when she bought like all the stuff that she bought. I'm like, is this production budget or is this like Paris money? Yeah, I wondered that a lot too because so me and Natalie have both worked in a lot of reality TV or unscripted television. Some of us are currently working in reality TV. Yeah, and- uh, some of us really tried to work hard to get out of that pattern. Um, but so when I was watching the show, I was just thinking a lot about different shows. We were, Natalie used to work for um, the Food Network app. They had a show where they would have three kitchens running at a time, where it was like one kitchen was prepping the food while another kitchen was making the food to be like, midway through and the other kitchen was making the finished food so that they could just do everything with the host really quick. So if there was like a pumpkin bread being made, there was actually like six pumpkin breads on set. And Um, I I was wondering to what extent they did that for this show or if it really was just her making it. Well, there there was some stuff like the Italian night. I noticed they, whenever they did um, something on that like magenta cloth that was like, you know, presenting what they were supposed to make, it looked very different than what they actually made. Cause on the magenta cloth, mm-hmm. and she's narrating like her ravioli, like whatever, um, like you see her stamping out the heart shaped ravioli with her like little gloves. 
Um, mm-hmm. And then there's also like these beautiful unicornolis. Um, but then, yeah, when you see the finished product, you don't see, you don't actually see the finished product of the no. ravioli. Um, That's true. So I knew that there was some food styling going on. That's what they call it in the industry, in the biz. Um, but yeah, I certainly was thinking about like the people behind the scenes when they're like, Nikki Glazer, walk into the light. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought it was funny that they did the behind the scenes stuff, but I, I don't know. It, it also, I don't know. Did it add to that, to it, John, for you or did it detract from it? I think it added to it. It added I think to it for me. I think so too, actually. Yeah. I think, I don't really know what the goal of the show was, but it did, that is part of her brand. It's like, I'm going to show you enough for you to be entertained by me. I right. think the goal is, let's watch Paris Hilton do this because that's mm-hmm. what every other thing that she's done has been. Like, let's watch Paris Hilton be on a farm. Yeah, You know, let's watch Paris Hilton be a regular person. But she at least had regular people to play off of Mm -hmm. in that. Whereas here, it just kind of felt like a bunch of super rich people just, I don't know, not saying a lot Mm. to me. But I thought they added enough because so I also watched as part of my research the original YouTube video that this TV show is based on. The lasagna. The lasagna. And that was a lot harder to watch, honestly, because it was just her mm-hmm. making this lasagna. And I think having somebody to play off of. Oh, it's true. In this show, she had moments where she was just kind of talking to herself. And it was just like, mm-hmm. oh, my gosh. Like, oh God, mm, this is harder than I thought, you know. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't it was just there wasn't anything. And there were like minutes of that. I also think, too, like, while I was watching it, again, like, literally, I think it's the second sentence of her intro for the show. It's like, I'm not a professional chef, and I'm not saying I want to be. And she struggled a lot (laughs) through – she, like, kind of, like – failed up a little bit like uh throughout the show and what she was cooking but I was like gosh you know good thing that she's trying at least and there's so many things I'm sure she's excellent at and excels at that Mm -hmm. we are not and so I don't know. I, that kind of like humanized it for me, though, because I was like, it's not like she's all this and can cook because she can't. Yeah. <laughs> no, she can't. And it was nice to see her sort of work her way through it. But I wish she had. I was just worried about the end product just from a food poisoning perspective at some time. <laughs> when it, it was like there needed to be something at the end here. And so when she was just like, uh, just like do this, and she would just not measure like, like with the cannolis, she was like, oh, this doesn't look right. I'm just going to pour powdered sugar into the bag. And I was like, not only does this not look like it's going to end well, it also looks like it could hurt somebody. <laughs> and that was what, honestly, it did. It took me out of it sometimes. I'm like, I'm glad that she overcooked the turkey. Yeah. Because she was checking the... Because I was worried about those poor actors slash influencers, including Lele Pons, which is my new favorite word to say. <laughs> Lele Pons. It's a. I don't know who you are, Lele Pons, but man, is your fun is your name fun to say? Is your fun name to say? Well, speaking of Lele Pons, 
John, I have a quick question for actually I think we should do Natalie, me, then you. Yeah. Cause okay. John, would I renew? No. No, I wouldn't, obviously. I think it'd be what? obvious by now. Oh gosh. Uh it's like I don't even know you anymore. Yeah, I just I got nothing out of it. I, I am surprised it was canceled though, because I just figured two there's two sets it's just filmed in her house you made a really good point that she must be too expensive and she probably charged them a bunch to film in her house oh yeah oh yeah now that i think about it so surface value i was like this could be just a cheap talk show to make but nope no i think it's the talent Mm -hmm. i think it's the talent now natalie big question for you would you renew no. What? I, I'm not surprised by that. What? <laughs> I would not renew oh, yeah. Ian. <laughs> I would not renew this show because to me, this is like Easter candy or Halloween yeah. candy. Like you just get a, a bunch of it, or not even a bunch of it, but just like you get an amount of it for a certain amount of time and then you just don't want it anymore. And this was like the perfect amount for me. I'm satiated. Um, and yeah, I totally get like why it was canceled as far as like if it was budgetary concerns, that's totally understandable. If, uh, you know, she's she also is busy. Like she just got married. I think it was like in December. She's trying to have these twins that she's manufacturing. Yeah, she's in the lab just she's engineering <laughs> some, some she's twins to her li- liking. Literally the professor from the Powerpuff Girls. Uh, Something with test tubes. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think it also might be a thing where talent is like, you know what, this no longer fits in. Like it's something that I did during COVID and that works, that worked. And now, you know, maybe it just doesn't apply anymore. But no, I would not renew, though I am... Uh, I'm shocked by that. Are you really? Yeah, I mean, you just you were glowing about it. And she, well, yeah. not really. Well, no, uh, at home off the podcast, she was um, so excited when she heard we were doing this. I really was. And then she rewatched the whole thing today, even mm-hmm. though she'd seen nice. it already. Like, I'm I, just doing my homework. Well, also, it's funny to me that you compare it to candy because that's what I think of RuPaul Drag Race as. It's like. A candy feast for the eyes. And for me, it's too sweet. Like, I can only handle two episodes at, at a time. And then I'm like, I gotta, I'll, I'll catch this later, but I can't do any more <laughs> right now. Um, so that was, which you were also watching. Yeah. Paul, so I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. John, would you renew? I would renew RuPaul's Drag Race for many other seasons, but not this show. (laughs) No. What a twist. No. The thing with my trash that I love. Mm -hmm. Your, what's the yacht one you watch? Below Deck. I'm also on Mediterranean right now. Oh my gosh. Um, And it's beautiful, but like I can engage with it. I can engage with the characters and the show and the zaniness of it and the drama there wasn't much drama here and it's hard for me to have 
that sort of same little like sick pleasure that I get from all my other garbage that I can from this. And with that, I cannot in good conscience. That is a great point. There's no drama. I hear that because there is no high stakes. And even she talks about it on the show where she's, I think it's Lele Pons. It's like, you are not ever afraid of getting in trouble. And she was like, no, rebel for life. Like, nothing is a big deal. Nothing is a problem. Yeah, we know. And, uh, you know, and I think, yeah, the stakes are extremely low. (laughs) And I'm all for, like, a reality show that celebrates joy. Like, I get that. But I can't really, in good faith, say that... This is that. No, it is, this was this was light. It is, it is apathy. This was light, but it was not joyful. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, it's like cotton candy. That's how I like. I do not like how cotton candy tastes. Um, to like, I don't know. Yeah, it's like light, but you're like, ah, okay. Yeah, That's enough for much. me. You know. Yeah. Any final thoughts before we wrap this? Before we close this kitchen. And uh, we close. Okay. Okay. This is the last point that I had because I was going to say close this hood. Ah. Because. <laughs> oh, yeah. For some reason, like, it seemed like Paris, and she made reference to it, that she had just remodeled her home. And even in this documentary that I watched that was, like, filmed before, she, there was, like, there was stuff clearly being done around her house. So, again, I do believe this is her house and, like, her real stuff. But. She did not know where anything was or how to use any major appliances. Case in point, she turned up the burner of her stove and she broke the knob off of her burner. <laughs> she also, they were like, oh, just open up the hood when there was a bunch of smoke uh, filling up. I think it was the fries or maybe it was they were grilling the burgers. Yeah. She did not know how to open up the hood. She turned the light on and thought she did it. Well, her and Nikki Glaser both like looked around. Like they were like. But it's her house. It is her house. I don't blame Nikki Glaser. Yeah. It's also an extravagant stove and hood. So I don't blame Nikki Glaser for not knowing where it was. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Also, did you notice like an immaculate pantry, but then she opened up her like plates and cups cabinet and I was like is and this was a, one of each I was like is this like a college boys apartment well, she said she just moved though that's true all of her stuff is in storage She's, but it was her mom of, made fun of her for that yeah it was it was pretty Which funny I did appreciate yeah I was like good for you um my, yeah. my favorite any other final thoughts? my favorite part I think was so I'm actually really sensitive to onions like if someone's cutting onions I start feeling it and then I go is someone cutting onions you know, like I just, I always know it, it, it sucks. Um, so that with her, her sister and her mom, she was like, wear sunglasses when you cut onions so you won't cry. And they were all wearing sunglasses and cutting onions. I like how you're portraying her as the witch of, like the wicked witch of the West. And wear cry. the sunglasses so she don't cry. <laughs> uh, her mom cut the onion rings the wrong way, which is really funny. Um, but that was very funny. Her sister was wearing sunglasses while cutting the onions and almost cut her mom with the knife in the process. And she was like, oh, my God, this really works. But I have to take these sunglasses off like. I can't see anything. Um, I will say 
that they use an onion comb, which I thought is such a cool Oh, I thought tool. that was cool. a great idea. And they also use that cool uh, thing for the potato cutter for the fries. The Gene and Jude's she, potato zhuzher. Yes. Yeah, where she put a potato in and pushed it through like a slotted thing that created fry shapes. It's like a that cartoon, awesome. really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's those are two uh, Amazon wish list things for me for... I don't know. If I guess I know what I'm getting you for Christmas. A large pan scraper. <laughs> <laughs> they come in two packs. Come in two That's packs. What I hear. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it's it's. Uh, I think it's fun to watch this show because you can throw shade at this show because there is no shade in this show. Um, Maybe I would have liked it more if I was watching it with people. Yeah, for sure. I think so. It was fun because I watched the first five by myself and then Elise came home and I was just like, yo, you got to watch the sixth with yes. me. And so it was fun to like tell her, talk to her about like the context and say like, oh, this is what happened in previous episodes and like this is how it relates. Like what did, it made me feel more connected to it in some bigger way. What did she think of it? I'm curious. She was in shock. <laughs> uh, she was like, what? Like. It was, I watched the steak night episode with her. So she was, when they started washing the steaks, <laughs> her face was that of somebody seeing a house being burned down. Just pure terror. Also, when she feeds the dogs caviar and she's like, don't tell my mom I did this because she'll think I'm insane. <laughs> with that, uh, I think we can leave the kitchen, turn off the lights. It's closing time. Uh, Ian, gates. where can people find us? Um, you can tweet at us or you can find us on Instagram at one and done TV. You can email us at the word, not the symbol one and done pod at the symbol gmail.com. And, uh, I don't know. You could write us a review. You could give us five stars. You have a website. Uh, only give us five stars though. Don't. Don't give us any other stars. Don't give us stars if you don't, okay? Just don't, all right? Well, we, have, we have a website that Natalie worked on. Too. Yeah, Natalie made her. I was getting there. Oh, I'm so sorry. I was just ranting about, you know, just give us five-star reviews. Okay. Even me and John haven't done that, though. So oh, I, I did. Really? Yeah, of course I you're did. Better at, <laughs> you're better than we are. You're a better co-host than yeah. us. <laughs> uh and yes. uh, my darling wife uh, made an incredible website for us and did a fantastic job. Oneanddonetv.com. And pretty much you could just listen to episodes there right now. And it has links to all of our stuff. Yeah. And, and it has links to all of uh, the ways that you can listen to this podcast that you're listening to right now. Whoa. Well, I'm still waiting for it to be accepted uh, under Pandora's podcasting. Wow, we're Because I know in... one person that listens to podcasts on Pandora. Pandora Purgatory. Wow. That's what we call we're it. still in Pandora's box. And uh, John, <laughs> did I miss anything or is it time for that, for your classic? Wait, can I say? I think... Plug. Can I say thank you so much for having me? No. Yep. <laughs> Not yet. Not All yet. Right. Um, yeah, we're, because... we're closing with that. Okay. Because... How to with John Wilson? Just a really important show <laughs> that everyone needs to get in touch with. Uh, learn a little bit bit about your fellow neighbor. Learn a little bit about yourself in the process. Get uh, get on How to with John Wilson. I think you could and watch Joe Parra talks with you though. 
I'm going to slit your beard off. I <laughs> promise you that. <laughs> Natalie, thank you so much for joining us and giving some some blondness uh, some to much needed our blondness. blonde perspective. Oh. Thank you both so much for inviting me here. Um, I was just in the other room, so it was a a pretty long commute. It was an easy transition. (laughs) Yeah. But thank you so much for having me. Well, we're going to pay for your way home, too. Don't worry about that. We've got a transport budget. You're going to have to buy your own drinks, though. (laughs) I have a meal stipend, though, right? Yeah, you get uh, get a ticket. One ticket, though. (laughs) Ooh. Can I see a movie? Because I think with that, we are done. Bye, everyone. Bye. Thanks for listening. Happy watching. Sliving. Brought to you by Lack of Hustle Media.